Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. I want to say welcome to everyone tonight. Um, thanks for being in church. Thanks for coming together again today for today's beautiful excellent service. I'm so assured in my heart that God, you know, will build again upon our hearts. You know, the work he has already started. Amen and amen. You know, I'm glad the way he's leading us. I want to also say thank you to all our online members and viewers tonight. You know, watching us from all across the globe. We believe that the same grace that's operation on this place tonight is also extended to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Please, I want to encourage our hearts. You know, yeah, we are considering the um, Kingdom World Series, but, you know, as we gather under God's grace, healings happen. You know, deliverance is happening. Right? We might be gathered to talk about money, finance, and all that stuff for Kingdom Wealth, but God still sorts out, you know, the needs of the people. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You know, God's aim and outcome at the end of the day is every one of us, as we are prepared before our God in Zion, Psalms 84 verse 7, we grow from strength to strength. Hallelujah. So as we are prepared before our God, you know, somebody's encouraged, somebody's strengthened, somebody's empowered, somebody's equipped. Hallelujah. You know, as defined by the workings of the Spirit of God. Glory to God. Church, are you ready for all of God tonight? I want to say um, thanks, you know, to our lead pastor, Pastor Palake, okay, Pastor Ayo, you know, and our co-lead pastor, Pastor Palake, you know, tonight for this opportunity to bring God's word. You know, to God's people. I'm really assured in my heart that, you know, the best of God today will get in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, are you ready? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. All right, so we just continue the um, Midas Scott series. Um, Pastor has done a great work, you know, the first, second, and third. You know, today we'll just um, pick it up, you know, and just um, lay on everything that Pastor has built. You know, on the God's grace, you know, vice, I mean, the word of God, you know, to our heart. I want to encourage our hearts, please. Um, let's um, keep up the habit of making decisions after each services, in particularly, you know, um, when God begins to bring us instructions and teachings. You know, the Bible speaks in Psalms 32 and verse 8, said, I will teach you and instruct you. So, two vital channels that God uses for the believers is two things teaches and instructions. Anywhere you go to that you don't find those two things, I think you should pack your load and get a good church for yourself. You know, teachings and instructions. Hallelujah. Because teachings will mature us and instructions will test our obedience to God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Teachings will grow us as believers and instructions will test how well we are responsive to the dealings of God. Glory to God. So we should be open for those two things, teachings and instructions. And there's a heart, you know, to respond, you know, to receive the teachings of God. Open up yourself, you know, with all meekness and readiness of heart to receive the engrafted word of God. Hallelujah. That we may grow thereby. And God will suddenly bring instructions. And I know there are certain instructions that will be coming to our heart tonight, you know, as we consider God's word together in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the position is, you know, be open as the instructions come. You know, please get to run with them and get to do them. Hallelujah. Please put a smile on your face. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, I'll start this way. I believe um, a couple of us would remember, um, maybe at certain times, you know, before now, you went to Marina or wherever, or maybe one of those boutiques, you know, to pick a well or two or the other. Um, you would remember or recall that, you know, whenever we go to buy those clothes, um, some of those evil guys, they always have blue colors in their, in their shops and all that stuff. And everything you see in that shop looks blue. You know, you have to probably literally take out the clothes you want to buy out of the shop to be, I mean, to be sure that what you're actually buying is what you get. Hallelujah. 
and it's quite important. And I'm saying that to say that everything Pastor has been teaching us and in this series has been forming paradigms in our minds. Forming paradigms in our minds. And I like to often say that uh, our life is at the mercy of the framework of our interpretations. Our outcomes in life is at the mercy of the framework of the interpretations we have in our heart. Hallelujah. So everything we've been learning in this couple of weeks and series has been God building up frameworks by which we begin to see life. You understand that we are, not, we are not currently where we used to be. Why? Because the Word of God has built up frameworks in our mind. We now understand better what finances is. We now understand better what kingdom wealth is. We now understand what better, I mean, better what king, I mean, giving is. Hallelujah. We understand better, you know, our seeds, our investment, and all that. Tonight, I'll just bring up a story, you know, in the scriptures, and then, you know, walk us through a framework. I'm not here to actually do so many much. I'm just here to just build up a bit. You know, and then we're going to take our time to pray tonight. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So, like I said, in a typical roadside, permit me to just read from here. In a typical roadside boutique in the mainland of Lagos, Nigeria, you're likely to find fluorescent lights, mostly blue and white. You know, these lights are used to alter the appearances of clothes, making them seem more attractive to the eye than they really are. Hallelujah. If a customer purchases a dress without first viewing it under sunlight, she might just be surprised to see a different dress when she arrives at home. Hallelujah. Many unsuspecting customers are falling victim of the simple but potent trick from which underhanded traders have made a fortune. Again, we know that shades come in different colors, the most of which are black. We have yellow shades, we have blue shades. When you wear a blue shade, everything you see is blue. When you wear a dark shade, you know, everything you see is dark. Hallelujah. I said that to say that there is no mind that has no shade. And then our outcomes in life is at the mercy, like I said, of the framework of interpretations we have, our mindset. And it's quite critical. And we're going to check some things tonight very quickly. To say it another way, shade make us colorblind. Shades actually make us colorblind. Hallelujah. No mind is without a shade. As a result of this, as humans, we always interpret life with the psychological peer of lenses, otherwise known as our mind map, or mental frame or mindset. Our mindsets are normally formed by the information that we have acquired over time from experiences we have had, as well as stories we are told, and the education we receive. Hallelujah. For this reason, there is a memorist, um, Anias, I'm, I'm, I'm making reference to her tonight, Nin was right when she said, we don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Verse 1. I'll do a quick read and then I will jump. And then I'll build up tonight. In the meantime, when... And innumerable multitude of people are gathered together so that they are trampled one another. Look at the scene here. People came to listen to Jesus. Jesus was teaching, a major teaching here. You know, people were tramping on themselves. It means there were a lot of multitude in this room or in this space at this time when Jesus was preaching. So that they trampled one another. He began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the living of Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Verse 2, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor eating that will not be known. Verse 3, therefore whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the air, in the inner wounds will be proclaimed on the house. Let's go to verse 7. I'm going down. But the very ears of your head and all numbered. Jesus at this time was preaching a critical message about how that God cares for his people. He was communicating some certain truths that, you know, um, doesn't matter how many birds of the hair, you know, it doesn't matter the fishes in the sea. God knows you. God cares for you. And that was the message God was bringing. I mean, Jesus was bringing across, you know, in this, in this, in this, um, in this maybe message series. Let's call it that. Verse 8, verse 8, 9, and 10. And then we'll jump to verse 16 or thereabout. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, also will confess before the angels of God. Verse 9. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. So Jesus was preaching a couple of messages here. Teaching people. Verse 16. Let's take verse 15 first. Hey. And he said to them, Take heed and be of covetousness, for one's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. 
Let's go to verse 14. All right, 12. Sorry. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Verse 13. Okay, verse 13. Then one from the crowd. This is where I'm going to. Jesus was preaching an exciting message. You know, teaching them critical things that they needed to know. And this guy out of the crowd, he was not even paying attention to what Jesus was saying. In Kotokonyo, who's here? We'll see very shortly. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, anything, so you all this that you're saying, I don't, I don't understand. My own matter is my own money. He said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide inheritance with me. Look at the message. What, how, how does this connect to the message that Jesus was preaching? From verse 1. Let's continue. Verse 14. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life. I want us to take this line very critical tonight. Because we're going to be forming the bedrock of everything we're going to be I mean, discussing tonight. The Bible says, one's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. If Jesus said this, I also mean to say to us that our lives also doesn't consist in the things that we don't possess. One's life doesn't consist in the things that he possesses. What Jesus is trying to say there is our confidence must not rest on the material abundance that we seemingly have. Our confidence in life must rest on three things. Number one, our calling from God, our connection with God, and our competence in life. Hallelujah. Your confidence must not rest upon material things, but our confidence, whatever line we have, you have material resources, you don't have material resources, must rest upon three The right kind of confidence in life must issue out of three things. Your calling from God, your connection with God, and your competence in life. You must be skilled at what you do. Hallelujah. Are you mature this morning? I'm this evening. I'm used to the morning preaching. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. You know, you're calling from God. You see it. Ephesians 2, verse 2, we are God's workmen created in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, that we will do the good works that was foreordained. We see in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound so that you always, we'll come back to that scripture, having all sufficiency. I like it in the KJV. It said that ye, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, we can read it in some other sphere, so that, he made all grace abound to us so that you having all sufficiency, you will abound unto every good works. Do you understand me this, this evening, church? So he is giving us sufficiency so that there is a purpose and there is a reason to it. We'll abound unto every good work. Hallelujah. And I believe Pastor has actually, you know, you know, beaten out this scripture very well and expanded in our heart. Glory to God. So, like I said, the right kind of confidence must issue from three things. You're calling from God. Second Corinthians 5:17 talks about we are, I mean, a new creature in Christ Jesus, all things are passed away. You know, our, 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 our connection with God and our confidence in life. Let's read on the scripture. All right. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Hallelujah. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. Wow. Please, let's, let's listen to the heart of this man. Because I'm going to draw up a contrast, you know, from this scripture tonight, which we're going to talk through, you know, tonight. Verse 18. Or the next verse. So he said, I will do this. This is a man that is rich in material resources, but he's not rich towards God. I will try tonight. So he said, I will do this. Let's count the number of I will, I will, I will, I will. I will do this. I will pull down my bands and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, I wish we still probably had a hard copy Bibles I would have instructed tonight that we actually mark in the place where he said, I will say to my soul. Rather, as believers, we should say to our God. Do you understand me tonight, church? So in the place where this guy said, I will say to my soul, you should rather say, I will say to my God. What will you have me do with these resources you have given to me? Are you with me, church, tonight? I will say to my soul, so you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Let's see the response of Jesus to a foolish man. Hallelujah. Because that's what Jesus called him. Let's see. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Verse 21. Very critical scripture tonight. Let's see. So is he. Now, Jesus is not against we laying up. God is not against we amassing resources. If he is against, he will not, you know, rob us men in the scriptures. What about our hearts or what about, you know, our faith work with scriptures? I mean, in, 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 with so many scriptures that talks about, you know, his riches, his grace. Talks about 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. You know, Psalm 35 verse 27 says, God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Hallelujah. 
has prosperity and pleasure in the prosperity of his sons and daughters. Glory to God. Amen and amen. You know, he's not going to talk about riches and wealth in the scriptures. God is not averse to we lay not. In fact, in fact, God looks good when we look good in prosperity. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Revelation chapter 5 or so. I'm really scared I will not want you to. Let me just keep jumping and jumping. I'm really scared I'm not really going to. So let me, let me just keep jumping and jumping the scripture. Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. Amplified classic. Revelation 5 12. Amplified classic. We'll come back to the scripture. Revelation 5 12. Amplified classic. 5 verse 12. And now they sing a new song, saying the loud voice, deserving is the Lamb. What is the Lamb? I'm bringing up the scripture to see the sevenfold redemption realities that we have in Christ Jesus. So you understand that wealth is critical to what God is doing. And he's bringing us, you know, to betray in the queue because we are wealthy people. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 7 said, through prosperity, my cities will spread abroad. Hallelujah. So God is interested in prosperity. Is interested in us being wealthy. Hallelujah. Saying a lot of deserving is a lamb who was sacrificed to receive. Can you see it now? Power and riches. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 18. For it is God that gives you power to make wealth. So power and wealth goes together. Are you me talk tonight? Power and riches and wisdom and mind. Sevenfold realities that Jesus got for us as believers. We're going to close up with this tonight. I hope we still have the time. And honor and glory and the blessing. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 12 verse 21. So is he. So Jesus is saying here that I don't have a problem being wealthy. I have a problem with you not being rich towards me. And that's the position of God. That's the position of God. He doesn't have a problem with we amassing wealth. In fact, we see very quickly. <laughs> God has a problem with you amassing wealth and you're not rich towards him. Can you see it now? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Please help me with that question. So from this scripture, I'm drawing up four perceptions and positions that we're going to talk about tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number one, the foolish, those that are not rich towards God. And they have savings and investment. Savings, yeah, maybe mutual funds. We talked about, I mean, um, PJ's friend, you know, talked a, a, a whole lot about, you know, saving plans and everything we need to learn. I'll say before I was probably go back to that message. I don't, I don't have the time to go dig down into that tonight. You know, so, but we can pull up the messages that we had. The, um, um, what's the financial intelligence, right? You know, we can learn from that. So first one, those that are not rich towards God, but they have savings and investment. Number two, not rich towards God and has no savings or investment. They are unbelievers like that. They don't have a steady relationship with God and they have no investment or savings. Hallelujah. The guy that we talked about in Luke chapter 12, verse 21, this is where he was. He has a lot of savings and investment, but he's not rich towards God. He's categorized as a fool. Are you mature this evening? Many believers, many believers <laughs> that think or perhaps don't have an understanding of how that God wants us to be rich and wealthy, they are actually fools. Well, they are here, rich towards God. Have no savings and investment. But where God wants us to get to by the virtue of tonight and everything He has brought us to explain us to this service is this place. Being rich towards God. I mean, this one. Being rich towards God and having savings and investment. Are you mature tonight? You're serving God with all your might and all your heart. But you're frustrated. You can't execute some things. Hallelujah. Are you mature tonight? Serving God, loving God with all your heart and all your might. But you need resources to advance your life, advance the kingdom. Hallelujah. To contribute to the souls coming to the kingdom. Glory to God. So please, as we close out from here tonight, wherever you are in the... I want to believe none of us is here. I just want to believe. Hallelujah. You know. So we have unbelievers like that guy we saw. This is where it was. Reach towards God. Reach towards God. The statement of people like that, I would say to myself, I will say to my soul, if as a believer you are still finding yourself in the category, I will, I will, I will. I'm, I'm afraid maybe you are here. Are you mature tonight? And Jesus categorically called them fools. But where God is actually taking us to through this journey is to move away from here to be here. And not just reach towards God having no savings and investment, but reach towards God and having savings and investment. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. All right, let's start. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I like to continue by saying these things. Do not let anyone that doesn't have the spirit of the kingdom interpret truth for you. The revelations given by the Holy Spirit for the study and preaching of his word are solid for you. Anybody that doesn't have the spirit of the kingdom shouldn't interpret the truth of the kingdom to us. And that's why we see people around there just speaking nonsense, things that are not balanced about tight. Don't let somebody that doesn't have the spirit of the kingdom, they will stand in the way of you getting the full blessings that God has as package for believers. Are you mature tonight? Do not let anyone that doesn't have the spirit of the kingdom to interpret the truth of the kingdom to you. Hallelujah. Christ lovers must lead prosperity. The devil prefers to have money in the hands of two categories of people. Number one, people yet to embrace the love of Jesus. Number two, or sensual Christians that have no vision for the gospel. He prefers it. And that's why it's a battle. We come here tonight to declare welfare and we are going to pray. Because the devil is a bad guy. He would rather have money or wealth in the hands of unbelievers that have nothing to do with God or sensual believers. They have no vision. Or they, are not, they, have, they have no panting for God. I, I, do, I don't want to use the word they have no vision on the Because I believe every believer has a vision in their heart. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. God has planted a sense of destiny. A sense of eternity in every man's heart. Are you mature tonight? Yeah. Glory to God. People that probably are just carnal, sensual Christians. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As close scripture we read there in Luke 12, it says, A man's wealth of riches doesn't abound. Um, how did they put it now? In the abundance of what he has. Do not take your identity from your circumstances, but from your purpose. Circumstances what happened to you, but purpose is who you are. Esther was an orphan by circumstance, but she was a savior by purpose. Are you with me, tonight? Esther was an orphan by circumstance, but was a savior by purpose. And she cannot be responding to an orphan. Ah, are you with me, tonight? She responds to the savior that God has called her to be in destiny. Think about an Omawubi that was probably in prostitute before, and now she's married to a pastor. Right? And probably she goes to the mall and then sees her old friends. Hallelujah. You know, probably she just sees her old friends and then one of them just calls her by the name she was bearing before. <laughs> Hallelujah. Circumstance was what happened to her. She was a prostitute. She got into that. But now she's on purpose lane. Are you me church tonight? Yeah. She must not respond to the Omohobe again. Now she responds to who God calls her to be in destiny. Are you me church tonight? Circumstance is what happened to you, but purpose is who you are. And never allow your circumstances to define who you actually are in God. And that's what I'm bringing home tonight. Never allow your circumstance to define who you are in God. Today you might not have the bulk of money. Hallelujah. Bible says, for it is God that worketh not both to will and to do. Philippians 12, I mean 2, 12 and 13. For it is God that worketh not both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Today it might be willingness that you have. Keep nurturing that willingness. The ability to do is coming. Do you understand me, church, this morning? You know, sometimes you're in church, you're raising funds. Maybe at the time we're raising 12 million naira for you know, our generator funds and things like that. You're just willing and wishing in your heart. How oh, I wish I have money. Don't worry. That willingness, it was God that put it there. Just keep being responsive to God. Keep growing that love. Being rich towards God. The ability to do is coming. Yeah. You understand me, church, this morning? And I'm praying that in the name of the Lord Jesus, we will not just have, you know, desires in our heart. Our desires will become delights. Yeah. Become delights. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hmm. So it's important. I just put this out again. I'm sure, you know, over the series since May, I think we started May, May, June, July, you know, um, God has been instructing our hearts. So I just want to say again tonight, it's important to get our definition of success, you know, and wealth right, to keep yourself from unhealthy competition and pressures. Genesis 13, verse 14, the principle of visioning. God spoke to Abraham, look from where you are. 
Hallelujah. I mean, as a young couple, you see, you know, Minister Kenny Gewa just probably opening, you know, and treating, I'm treating his wife, you know, Sister Anu, opening the door, you know, and then just buying stuff for her. She's, she's signing, she's, you see Pastor Flake, you know, and you're envying Pastor. Better look for where you are. And you're telling your guy. And you're telling your guy, you're telling your guy and say, ah, see, can't you see how Pastor is treating Pastor Flake? Can't you see how, you know, Pastor Flake is treating, you know, um, Sister Tosin? Do you know how many sacrifices Pastor Flake has been for Pastor Flake? I'm bringing, I'm bringing this scripture for, for you to... Do you know how many midnights pastor has woken Pastor Lakia and said, and then she had to go rap. I'm not in your house, Pastor Lakia. <laughs> but, but you understand what I'm trying to say tonight? Look from where you are. Don't try to spend from where you are not. Do you get how I mean? Don't try to spend from where you are not. I'd rather that you invest from where you are not than spending from where you are not. Borrow to invest, not borrow to spend. Hallelujah. Remember the story in the Bible where a man, you know, um, died, passed on, and then he left an inheritance of debts for his family. I want to bring a matter of borrowing tonight so you understand the perspective of borrowing. It's good to borrow. But don't borrow to spend, borrow to invest. Are you mature tonight? So, the Bible talked about the, that man. He actually left debts. He left financial debt, no financial capital. <laughs> he left financial debt for his family. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the, there's a word they use now, the, um, the creditor came for his family. Thank God God came to interject that situation. Was it Elisha or Elijah? Elisha. Elisha gave the woman an instruction. And I want to tie this up very quickly tonight. That's all. He says, she, he, told him, he told her, go borrow vessels, not a few. Now I want to bring out something. Yeah. Go borrow vessels, not a few. Now I learned something from that scripture. When God was going to solve an issue of borrowing, what did he say? Borrowing, not me. When God was going to solve a, a problem of borrowing, he still asked her, go borrow vessels. But what I'm bringing out tonight is, he didn't... He, Elisha didn't ask her to borrow to consume, but borrow to produce. Borrow versus not a few. And pour oil. After she poured, she was instructed to go sell. Are you immature tonight? So don't borrow to consume, borrow to produce. Do you get it tonight? Very important. Hallelujah. Oh boy. Ooh. Thank you, Lord. Understanding the blessing. Understanding the blessing. Please don't forget where we are tying this all up. That code one we have. What I'm just trusting God is we'll be able to move to that place of, you know, I mean, understanding now that we are not just rich towards ourselves. You saw the character of that guy, but being rich towards God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Understanding the blessing. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, NLT. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, NLT. 1 Timothy 6, 17, NLT. Quickly, please. It says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud. It means riches comes with pride. I've arrived. I can now pursue. But if you are rich towards God, it will not do this to you. Are you getting me short tonight? Please let that quadrant be in your mind as we run through tonight. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. So it means money has a tendency to win our trust over. And God is saying to us here tonight, which is so unreliable. Riches failed in Egypt. Money failed in Egypt. Hallelujah. People had money, but they didn't have food to buy. Money failed. Amen and amen. Their trust should be where? In God. But the line I want to bring out to our heart tonight, who really gives us all things we need for our enjoyment? Hallelujah. Amen. amen and amen. Amen and amen. I'd like to say three things. It's connected well. If you go back to the message that Pastor preached, um, May, that should be May, May 17th. Wednesday, May 17th. Talked about the purpose why God gives us wealth. I'd like to just reiterate again. God will give you wealth. Three things. You know, I drew it out from there because, I mean, uh, there's no need going to be you know, 
laying another foundation. When your pastor has laid foundation, just sit there. You are safe. Hallelujah. Number one, God gives you wealth to fund your assignment, to finance your assignment. I put it that way. To finance your assignment, um, to fund your earthly obligation, and to sponsor your earthly enjoyment. Hallelujah. Let me take it again. God gives you wealth, and this is the order of priority, and we must know that. So that you don't use what God has given to you to fund or finance your assignment for, for earthly enjoyment. You're going to be cross-breeding something. And you must understand. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures to just you know, bedrock that in my mind. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. I read it earlier. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, may what abound to every good work. So why God will give you sufficiencies for you to abound unto good works? Do you understand me, child, this evening? And that's why he blesses you to abound unto every good work. Because God is a purpose God. He's a purpose God. He's a purpose God. He's an investor that actually looks at where he invests. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And please, I have to read this first Thessalonians and first Timothy 6 to understand that God actually also is interested in our enjoyment. He gives us all things richly, richly, not scarcely. Richly for our enjoyment. Number one, to finance your assignment. You know, to fund your earthly obligation. The Bible says that he who is not able to take care of his home is worse than an infidel. Hallelujah. So to finance your earthly obligation as a man, you should take care of your wife, you know, you know, send your kids to school and all that stuff. And also for your earthly enjoyment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you getting something tonight, John? All right. So I said that to say this. Understanding the blessing. Maybe this way I'll just probably try and tie up things out. No matter your position on anything in life, no matter your position on anything in life, never take a position against the Bible. No matter your position on anything in life, never take a position against the Bible. For example, God blesses me with 10 jackets or 10 suits. Are you with me, church, tonight? God blesses you as a lady with 10 shoes, blesses you with three cars. Don't say that. Don't to, to take, take a position against the Bible is saying, God, no, I don't need this. I'm saying that somebody comes to meet Pastor Ayo now and says, Pastor, God impressed in my heart to give you 15 jackets. And Pastor takes a position against the Bible to say, or maybe 20 shoes. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, somebody comes to Pastor and says, Pastor, God impressed in my heart to give you 25 shoes. Hallelujah. I like that word, sir. It's one of the words I'm going to use. God doesn't bless you for yourself, He blesses you to become a blessing. He said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Hallelujah. Just look at it. You know, God, I mean, somebody comes and says, Pastor, I want to sew 25 shoes to you. And Pastor says, I don't need 25 shoes. That's him taking a position against the Bible. Because God has already said, I will bless you to be a blessing. What does Pastor have to do? Take it, thank God for it, and ask God, who is this meant for? Because if God cannot pass it through you, he will not pass it to you. If he cannot pass it through you, he will not pass it. And you know what? And if he's passing it through you, you too will enjoy of the goodness. So the mindset we must create is, how can I be a channel for the blessing? How can I be a channel for one billion dollars? Do you understand me, church, this evening? So to take a position in the Bible is to say, ah, no, it can't be good. I don't need it. No, 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 no. That's, that's right. That's wrong. Take it. Thank God for it. And ask him, God, who is this meant for? Because if the blessing stops at your door, God will not bring it to you anymore. I'm going to this, this evening. So the mindset to develop is, God, I just want to be a channel for you. And the moment you take that position, that's you being reached towards God. Do you understand me, church, this evening? That's you being reached towards God. He's going to be passing through things through you. And then he's not just going to pass. Definitely you also will get your portion. Do you understand me, church, this evening? That you can also save and invest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo. So it's not too much. It's not too much. Don't let that be in your vocabulary. It's not too much. Elisha said to the lady, gather vessels not to few. Gather vessels not to few. Hallelujah. If God gives you the grace to have 10 businesses, get it. Get it. Hallelujah. Get it. Because the more we can cover for God, the more lives we can touch and impact. Amen and amen. Get it. Get it. Get it. 
Let your eyes be open to see far more than your heart. I mean, more than your current location can see. As far as your eyes can see. As far as your eyes can see. Hallelujah. And as you begin to just grow, grow. Don't let your current position limit you. Let your eyes lead you to where God has actually opened to you. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. So, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, number 2. The second thing, the first thing I've said is no matter your position or anything in life, no matter your position against the Bible, you must also definitely understand the righteous limit of prosperity. The righteous limit is God sends you something to be a blessing. Hallelujah. He doesn't just bless you to just for yourself. He blesses you to be a blessing. Amen and amen. And you must understand that very clearly. Number two, God's goal is to make you a blessing and not just a blessing. You must always find out what the purpose of things God brings to you is. Hallelujah. Amen. Esther found out what the purpose is behind the plan. She didn't go to the palace. I mean, she got to the palace, she was almost just relaxing. Think of an Okumodika in her life. A mentor that helped her to realize that, see, God has sent you the king for such a time as this. And she gathered ladies to, to herself, the fasted and the prayed. And then they were able to bring the purpose of God to, to play. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So in life, it must not just be about the words. It must be about the why. What is the purpose? What is the purpose? Glory to God. You can help me with that slide so that we, you know, we can just talk to them. Talk to him. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Oh, boy. So I've talked about the principle of visioning. All right. So, this fundamental drivers to being rich towards God. We talked about where we want to actually go to, you know, having savings and investment, which you can learn from the savings that we have actually learned. But my point tonight is being rich towards God. How do you know that you are rich towards God? When you begin to ask the why over what? Hallelujah. You begin to ask God, like I said, you know, who is this meant for? Why have you given me this? Why have you strategically placed me in, in this workplace? Why have you placed me in KPMG? Why have you placed me in McKinsey? Hallelujah. Why have you placed me where you are placed? Why have you given me this business that you have actually given me? So these six fundamental things I want to actually strengthen our heart, you know, leaving with purpose in mind. Asking why over what? Hallelujah. So I've talked about the principle of visioning, looking from where you are from Genesis 13 verse 14. You know, tonight I want to talk about the principle of assignment. The principle of assignment, living with purpose in mind. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. When God wants to increase you, he increases your assignment. When God wants to increase you, he increases your assignment. David says that will increase my greatness and comfort me on all sides. So I often tell people, stop praying to God for finance. Pray to God for assignment. Pray to God for assignment. Do you get me tonight? Pray to God for assignment. When God wants to increase you, he increases your assignment. Whenever he wants to bring you to the position of a billionaire, he begins to bring the assignment that a billionaire can undo to you. Do you understand me tonight? You don't go to the gym to just suddenly become increased in muscle. You enter the gym, you begin to carry, lift the weight, lift the weight, lift the weight little by little. So keep doing the assignment. Keep doing the assignment. As you keep doing the work of an evangelist, the anointing for an evangelist come upon you. Do you understand me, church, tonight? So stop praying to God for money. Stop praying to God for money. Stop praying to God for money. What if God wants to bless you in dollars and you're praying, God, give me 5,000 naira? Why? Just tell him, say, God, I receive opportunities. And let him determine the, the currency. Hiya. Let him determine the currency with which he will pass things through to you. Glory to God. Amen. So, I've said, when God wants to increase you, increases your assignment. Increases your assignment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Bratimo Soprahatamani. Father, we thank you. Hmm. Let me, let me say three morning facts. Come to this, and then we get to pray. Three money facts come to this, and then we get to pray. Number one, the mission of money is directly controlled and influenced by the vision, passion, and values of its owner. Money is not bad in itself, it only exposes what you have in your heart. 
when somebody becomes rich or probably has some monetary assets and things like an increased financial capital and then it goes to be carrying ladies all around the place see that thing has always been his ass money brought it out so money is not even it itself it only exposes the character value vision that of the holder money is a messenger hallelujah amen and amen money is a messenger amen and amen so i said money the mission of money is directly controlled and influenced by the vision, passion, and values of the order. So I'd rather say to you that under God, keep developing vision. Keep developing core values that God will see to send resources your way. Do you understand me this morning? Keep building your company as a million-dollar company. It might be a $5,000 company now or $5,000 company now. Keep building it, putting core values, putting structures. Hallelujah. Putting organizational structure in place to be able to funnel and channel more resources hallelujah are you me this evening so i've said number one the mission of money is directly controlled and influenced by the vision passion and values of his order money is not evil in and of itself it's the way you acquire it or what you spend it on that could be good or evil hallelujah thank you lord number three money is a means of expression of the nature of the owner or possessor, whether good or bad. Amen. For a good man, more money is more good. For an evil man, more money is more evil. Let me ask a question. Money in the hands of, let's think about it. God just wants to give two individuals a million dollars. Let's just assume, right? God doesn't give people money gives you ideas, you know, and opportunities to make wealth. So, one million dollars is going to come to Pastor Aya. And one million dollars is going to come to Osama Biladin. It's not enough. So, one million dollars in the hands of Pastor Aya. Just think about it. What do you think it will do? Hallelujah. <laughs> so, I said that to say that. A million dollars in the hands of Pastor Ayo will finance God's purpose on there. A million dollars in the hands of Osama Bilani will finance an evil agenda. Money is not even in itself. It's the order that actually determines the direction of money. Do you understand me, church tonight? Hallelujah. 15 minutes to go. Let me just move to this. And then we get to pray. Amen and amen. So, six fundamental drivers to being rich was God. Don't forget, remember the quadrant we started with. Some people are not rich towards God and not, they have no savings or investment. Those ones, they will yell we. You're not rich towards God. No supply of help. <laughs> You're not connected to anything of God. And you don't even have savings and investment. You're win, you'll be win. People that are, rich, are not rich towards God, have savings or investment, their, their investments are exposed to the infiltration of the devil. Do you get it tonight? That's what happened to that guy in Luke chapter 12, verse 21. He was, he was had wealth, he had investment, but he was not rich towards God. There was no covering on his investments. No covering on, on his resources. Hallelujah. We have major capitals in this kingdom. See, we are, even, we are even in a house that has a couple of covenants. We can't be sick anyhow. Hallelujah. Where other people are spending money on sickness bills, we are enjoying health cover. And health insurance. Do you understand me, church, tonight? So I like to say, I would often like to say that sometimes when God wants to increase you, He might not bring you increased revenue, but He might reduce your cost. What what makes up profit? Revenue minus cost equals to profit. So profit might increase if revenue increases, right? And I mean, cost remains low. Profit can increase if revenue remains constant. Cost reduces. Profit can also increase if revenue increases and cost reduces. Have I said three things now? Hallelujah. So you choose where you want to belong. Hallelujah. I think I like increased revenue, reduced cost, fire up profit. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So our cost, as we get deeper in God, understanding the things of God, you begin to know what God has provided for you in the kingdom. As I said, those seven redemption realities, I come to the revelation that I cannot be sick anymore. So it means no hospital can take my money anymore. You understand me, church, tonight? No hospital. Can there is health insurance in this kingdom. There is wealth insurance in this kingdom. 
There is security insurance in this kingdom. And that's what we have to enjoy. We have to enjoy in God. Secured, protected, well preserved and well covered under God. Are you me sure tonight? Whilst people are actually afraid of their investment, the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Ghost to lead us. Invest in this. So you are sure that your investment is covered. You are sure that your investment will yield returns. Hallelujah. Where people are actually just, you know, kill machine investment, investment you know that you have an assurance with God. You heard God. God spoke to your heart. He, he communicated to your heart. You can be sure that the giver of that resource will protect and preserve it. Hallelujah. So I'd like us to look at these things. Living with purpose in mind. You know, talked about Esther. Talked about, I mean, I've read 2 Corinthians 9, 8 to us. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. You know, God has put eternity, you know, in men's hearts. You know, we, we must begin to learn to ask in why over what. We shouldn't just live about the words. What, 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 ask why. Ask why. God, why have you brought this to me? Why have you given me this opportunity? Why have, this, have you opened this platform for me? Glory to God. Relationship capital is very important. Relationship capital is very important. Invest in your relationships. Invest in your relationships. So many times it's not money that will take you through things. It's capital that you have. Somebody can just, you know, if I win one jackpot now and I just say that I'm connected to Pastor Aya. No worry, no worry. Relationship capital. Pastor Aya is a relationship capital. Please, relationship capital is important. Hallelujah. Some people just knowing that you are in lighthouse, it's a, it's a major mark. Have you? I've heard people go for interviews and they ask, oh, you were a lace. I've heard feedbacks. Oh, you attended lace? Really? And then they just jump the processes for them. I've gotten those feedbacks. You attend lighthouse, Angie? A certain pers- pers- perception and perspective of God just comes to their mind. Oh, your pastor is Pastor Aya Daniels? Wow. Wow. I've enjoyed those treatments. I've, I'll come and bless with some seed. <laughs> Amen. I enjoy good treatment too. Relationship capital is very important. Very important. Sometimes you don't have money, like physical cash, but relationship capital can take you through things. It can take you through things. So it's imp- very important that we actually pay attention to that. We've learned about giving. I wouldn't spend too much time on that. You know, give, give, and give. It shall be given unto you. Good measure, present, taken together. Men shall give unto your bosom. Hallelujah. I like to read 2 Corinthians 8.5. I think NIRV. This is 2 Corinthians 8.5 now. Talks about the first give themselves to the Lord. And because as a result of that, they were able to give out of their treasure, you know, to, to the things of God. Hallelujah. All right, can you see it now? It says they exceeded our expectations. Can you see it? How did that happen? They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. If you love the, love the Lord with all your heart, might, and strength, it's going to be hard for you to love him with your resources. I like to say, if you love him, you will serve him. If you love him, you will give to him. The house of your lover is never far. Giving to your lover is very exciting. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. As your lover, let me talk to the men in the house, as your lover asks you for some things and you don't even know how you transfer some money to them, love lofa. Love lofa. The house of your lover is never far. The house of your lover is never far. If you love him, you will serve him. If you love him, you will give to him. Hallelujah. I'd like to talk, talk about it or close it out, you know, on the four gift, I mean, love languages. We have quality time, right? If you love the Lord, you will, you will spend quality time with him. You will give him gifts out of your treasures. Hallelujah. What's the third thing? Ladies, hands. You will serve him. Hallelujah. You will serve the Lord with the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart. What's the fourth thing? What's the favorite? Ah, you will give praises to God. Honor him. Thank him for his goodness. Amen. What's the last thing? Physical touch. You will touch the Lord with your emotions. <laughs> You're waiting for that. <laughs> you will worship him. You will spend time with him. You know, you would honor him, you will adore him, you will bless him. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I think we're in a good place to pray tonight. A couple things to say, but it would be great to just close it out tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. We just got to pray. A couple things, but I mean, it's just safe to, because I really want us to pray. I had an impression in my heart that, you know, um, 
grace for abundance, grace for sufficiency is released over us afresh again tonight. Amen and amen. It's critical to actually pay attention, you know, to our wealth life with God and pray about it. We shouldn't just approach our wealth just with head knowledge. Okay, if we save all the saving we can, if we invest all the investments we can. The book of the prayer tonight is just, Lord, I open up my heart to you. I want to be more rich towards you. Hallelujah. Being rich towards God. Being rich towards God. I've read Revelation chapter 5 as well. Wow, okay, great. You know, so, but we just tied up, you know, Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Um, let's start from verse 24 to 26. I think the message, you know, puts it home well. And we get to pray and we close out tonight. The message. Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Jesus went to walk on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me leave. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I will show you how. Glory to God. And that's the bulk of the praise we're going to be praying from tonight. Verse 25. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. Amen and amen. My way to finding yourself. Let yourself. Verse 26. As we get a prayer tonight. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but to lose yourself? You know, the Holy Spirit impressed this scripture in another light in my heart. Always known in the world, shall you profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? We have always read it in the light of, you know, uh, be born again. You know, the value of one soul is always more than whatever kind of riches, you know, in God. But the Holy Spirit impressed in my heart that He's going to be teaching us. We're not going to expand ourselves so that we lose our health, lose our strength. He's going to be leading us the way to go, helping us live life really. Do you understand me tonight? So, what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but to lose yourself? Hallelujah. As we begin to save up, lay up. I've said God doesn't have a problem. We laying up. He even needs us to lay up as much as we can. Glory to God. Because we can, with that sufficiency, do more good works. You know, but the word tonight is, everything you want but lose it. What could you ever trade your soul? I see the Lord bringing help to us tonight. As it guides us by His Spirit. And I would like us to take our time to pray for the next five minutes tonight. Just pray. You are setting me up for sufficiency. Being reached towards God. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2 slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.